G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Our next guest has had the courage to bear her life in a public forum. She gave the name Sarah, S-A-R-A, to the unborn child she had aborted as a younger woman. Kay Painter is a pro-life speaker and author. She's back in Australia as a guest of Cherish Life, having told her story around the world. Kay founded a group called Sarah, S-A-R-A, Sharing Again and Supporting Another. Kay is joining us. Kay, welcome back to 2020. I am so glad you asked me. Thank you. Kay, Let us in on your story. It's a big one, and you might have to go quickly over some things, but you've bared your soul to the world. (laughs) Give us an in-a-nutshell account. Okay. Well, first of all, I was a Christian, and I always attended church, but suddenly I kind of went off the cliff, and I got married to a gentleman who was not a Christian, and he became very, very abusive. It was very ugly. And so finally, uh, we went to a party one day after about four years, and lo and behold, there was a man looked at me across the room, and I thought he saw value in me, and I hadn't had anybody show me I had value for four years. And the next thing I know, he called me, and we started an affair, and we broke up two families, and we we got married. And why you think that the man that cheats for you won't cheat against you is quite a secret. But he did. He began cheating. And then I found out that I was going to do uh, have a flower shop, which had always been my dream. And I worked really hard from making it number seven to number two in our in our little city. And so when I did that, then um, all of a sudden I found out, oh, my gosh, I'm pregnant. And I went to the doctor and I'm 39 and got two children, two girls. One was adopted because I couldn't have any more children. And lo and behold, uh, I went in and the doctor said, congratulations, Kay, you're pregnant. And I said, I can't be. I can't. I'm not supposed to. And he said, well, you are. And the lady with the white dress, I won't call her nurse, walked in and she stood in the corner of the room and she said, well, lucky for you, Kay, you don't have to do this. I said, what do you mean? Because nothing occurred to me. And she said, well, you can always have an abortion. It's just a tissue right now. And if we get to it right away, and you won't have to think about it again. You can go back to your flower shop and you can think about everything else but this. And it'll be all over. And uh, the gentleman who was supposed to be a doctor said, yes, we can take that care of that in two quick meetings. Would you like to do that? I said, I have to talk to my, my husband. I went home. He thought about it a minute, and then he said, you know, maybe it is the best thing for us. So I signed up for two appointments. The first one was for counseling. I went in and sat in a sterile room with no windows, just a stainless steel table, waited for several minutes, and suddenly this lady walked in and sat down, and she had a piece of paper and pencil. She didn't say a word to me. She just spun the paper around, and then she said, I understand you need an abortion. Would you sign that bottom line down there? So I did, and I signed my daughter's life away. 
And that was my counseling. There was no other information given to me. The next day, I went back, went into the dressing room, dressed into a, into a gown, and walked down the hall when my name was called and crawled upon a metal steel table. The man at the end was dressed like a doctor, but he wasn't. He was an abortionist. And they made me drugged enough that I really wasn't aware of everything that was going on, but some of it. Well, he'd tell me to push, and I'd push. Pretty soon... The tissue had been extracted. He said, congratulations, it's over. At that point, he turned and walked around the foot of the bed bed that I was on, the stainless steel table, actually. And as he walked past me, dear God, that was not tissue. That was a baby. It had hands and fingers and toes and hair. I had been five months pregnant, and they had told me it wasn't a baby yet. My Lord, my Lord, I pray that you can forgive me. What have I done? What have I done? And I started screaming so bad that they put me under some medication to quiet me down because I was scaring off the other people out in the waiting room that were waiting to come in. And now I wished I'd have screamed twice as bad. Well, I went home knowing that I had murdered a child, not a piece of flesh, not as they told me at all. Night after night after night, I would wake up in the night to screams, hearing hearing screams and sitting up straight in bed. They were mine. And then I would get down on the foot of the bed and I'd say, God, if there's any way you could give me another baby. I know the first one was a miracle. I wasn't supposed to have babies. But please, God, please, could you give me another chance? I'll be the best mummy in the whole world. I promise. And I would do that night after night after night. Well, about a year later, my prayer was answered. I was pregnant again, and I delivered a big, beautiful baby boy, and I was so proud, and I was going to take such good care of him. Kay, your story is so moving, and there's so many dimensions to it. You're renowned as a pro-life speaker, so you talk through those issues of abortion, as you've described your own experience there, but it's more than that. It's domestic violence. It's about faithfulness, unfaithfulness, having affairs. And I know you yes. even got to a very low point in your life where you were contemplating suicide. Oh, no, I tried. I tried three times, and I couldn't do it. I left my son with my daughter and drove up, and I was going to drive into a concrete brick wall on the highway. I'd been known as a fast driver, so they could have the health insurance. They'd, I had dinner ready for them. Everything would be better without me. The world would be better off without me. And I don't know how many times I looped that concrete wall. And when I got through, I hadn't accomplished a thing. And I told myself, you're so stupid and dumb. You're just like your husband told me, told me, told you that you were. You couldn't even kill yourself and do it right. Okay. Let's cut a long story short, because you went through some transitions from being the person who was the victim of domestic violence, having affairs, having an abortion, trying to suicide. How do you turn a life around from there? What part does God play in turning a life around where you become not the victim anymore, but someone who is actively pro-life and wants to get your story out? The best thing I can tell you is when you hit the bottom and there's no place to go. I I had a nervous breakdown. Uh, The doctor sent me with drugs and 
three psychiatrists that were supposed to help me with the big degrees on the wall. They did nothing. They did nothing. Somehow, some way, God's purpose, a little old man who is a pastor dying of fourth stage cancer ran into me and he said, I, I don't know, but I, I've known, I know you have a problem and I want to help you. He took care of me day after day after day. And I would go in there and he would tell me about God's love and my, for his forgiveness and that my life was, could still be good. And I kept saying, you don't understand. I didn't drop her. I killed her. I planned it. I paid for it, for gosh sake. How can that be forgivable? And he kept saying, Lord, it is. It is, Kay. Jesus is enough. I said, not enough for me because look what I've done. Look, look at my life. I've screwed it all up. Well, one day I went in to his office. And he was sitting back, leaning, and he was rocking in his chair, and he said, Kay, I need an apology. I need to give you an apology. You, you were right. You're special. God has to do something more for you. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, he died for everybody else. I mean, he came down to earth. He walked earth and was spit on and laughed at and picked on. And then they took and they made him, uh, they made him, took him to the council, they beat him like a piece of hamburger, they dragged him down the road, hung him on a cross, mocked him, stripped him naked, laughed at him, and that's not enough for you. I said, I, I, I don't know what to say, but he said, no. He said, that's not enough. He said, I'll tell you something. He said, Jesus has to come back and do something for you so you can know that you're forgiven because you're so special. And I kept arguing with him, and finally he said, let me give you one more piece. And this was the piece that turned it over for me. He said, do you remember when the angel was standing at Jesus' grave, and, he, and the ladies came to anoint his body? And when they came, uh, the angel said to them, why do you seek the, the living among the dead? Go into the city, and he will meet you there. But it didn't stop at that on that verse, and most people don't notice it. And that is, he said, oh, by the way, go tell Peter. Why Peter? Because Peter had, Peter had denied that he would ever deny our Lord, ever, ever, ever. And Jesus told him, three times you will. And he did. And he would not have come with the rest of the disciples had he not been specifically asked for. And the man behind that little desk, that little dying man behind the desk said to me, Kay, he's saying, and oh, by the way, tell Kay she's forgiven. Mm -hmm. Tell Kay she's forgiven. Kay, so many will be able to either relate to your story directly or we know someone who is, in a sense, depressed, uh, suffering from some level of self-hatred. And often because of life choices that we ourselves have made and we blame ourselves, what's your message for that person listening to us today about the possibility of perhaps turning a life around? If you really sincerely mean it, God's, more, God's son was more than enough. He is more than enough. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, how bad you think you are, how useless you think you are. I've been there. Don't try to tell me it doesn't work. I'm a living example of God's amazing grace. And let me tell you, when I went home that night, I went on, I walked on a cloud the whole way. And when I got there, I laid down alongside my bed on the floor in my, with my face and I sobbed and I sobbed and I said, 
this is what I did. I said, God, that you could forgive me, I do not understand. But I will accept it with all my heart. And if you can use me in any aspect whatsoever, I don't care what you ask me to do or where you ask me to go, I'll go. I'll do what you want me to do. I can never pay you back for what you just did for me today. I don't deserve it, but I know it's there and I'm ready to grab it. And it was then that my ministry started. 39 international trips later, White House, United Nations, doors, he couldn't, I couldn't open them. It took him. And I am so grateful. I am still trying to just show him how much I love him and how sorry I am that I doubted him and wasted all those years. Kay Painter is a pro-life speaker and author. She's back in Australia as a guest of Cherish Life. Having told her story around the world, Kay is speaking on Saturday, that's the 22nd of October, at St Ignatius Parish Hall at 30 Kensington Terrace in Tuong in Brisbane. And for those listening in southeast Queensland, there might be someone you can take along to hear Kay tell her story. Free entry, no registration required. You can find out more details at cherishlife.org.au. That's cherishlife.org.au. And so much more to talk about in Kay's story. You can get a hold of Kay's book. She tells it all and hangs out all the dirty laundry. The book is called From Sin and Sorrow to Service. You can find that online. Just find an online bookseller. You'll find Kay Painter, From Sin and Sorrow to Service. Kay, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us again today on 2020. That's fine. And don't ever forget his amazing grace. And he's more than enough. I'm living proof. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.